Welcome to Founders and Friends Podcast with Scott Orn at Cruise Consulting. And before we get to just an excellent podcast with Matt Gunnan of Esports One, I want to give a quick shout out to cruisetax.com. That's right. We built our own tax prep online service. It's like TurboTax, but for startups. And the best part is there are CPAs on the back end who do the taxes. You don't do the taxes. Our CPAs do. We have an awesome team. They're very smart and we love them. And guess what? They love doing taxes. So check out cruisetax.com for online tax prep for startups. Now on to it. Just this is a really good one with Matt Gunnan of Esports One. Talk to you soon. Welcome to Founders and Friends Podcast with Scott Orn at Cruise Consulting, and my very special guest is Matt Gunnan from Esports One. Welcome, Matt. Thank you for having me. My pleasure. So I'm, this is, I've been excited about this. You guys, well, maybe tell the audience like how you had the idea for the company and, and what you guys do. Yeah, absolutely. So, I mean, we're, we're an esports company, so for, for uh, all of you out there that don't know what esports is, it's competitive gaming. We're individuals and professional teams that play video games for money uh, in the same way that traditional sports works. You know, there's esports and esports is really catching on. It's getting a bigger and bigger audience. And, you know, millions of fans are tuning in every, every day to watch people stream on Twitch, Facebook, YouTube. And so with esports one, what we're our essential kind of product that, that is facilitating as part of the esports industry is built around uh, how we can essentially uh, kind of layer the kind of separation between viewer and broadcast. And we do that through live stats. We do that through better storytelling of information that's occurring during a broadcast. And so when you, in the same form of how, when you're watching a traditional football game or an NFL game, and you see that yellow first down line that's being shown to kind of track where the team is trying to get every uh, every down and trying to, to progress the football. Our goal in esports is to bring that same sort of layer of engagement and to ingrain uh, our platform and our product into the overall esports experience to better, you know, facilitate information, facilitate stats, and just kind of overall improve the viewing experience for both first-time people that are watching esports for the first time and, and don't have much understanding or context to Long-time veterans have been watching for years. Yeah. And for people who don't know, like, esports is just, like, this humongous industry now. Like, Absolutely. Am- Amazon bought Twitch for, like, a billion dollars or something yeah. insane. That was kind of – I was kind of surprised Twitch sold so early. That's probably, like, a $5 billion uh, they're right now. Absolutely. Yeah, exactly, right? And I don't know if people know there's, like, League of Legends. There's all these – like, there's almost, like, in the, the equivalent of the NBA and the NFL – in esports, maybe you can talk about that a little bit, just to orient the audience. Yeah. So, um, <clears throat> so right now, like in in esports, well, the you mentioned kind of the NBA and and NFL in general. You know, they're making a big push to get involved in the space right now. Um, they've started purchasing teams. Um, you know, a number of NFL franchises actually have their own uh, professional team right now uh, that competes and. In League of Legends, which is one of the you know kind of premier esports titles, uh, and then there's an Overwatch League, which is a, which is a another esports title that 
uh, has a regularly kind of scheduled league that competes every, I think it's probably four or five times a week. So, you know, essentially eight to 10 teams from around North America, um, each representing different cities are competing against one another in a seasonal event similar to, you know, how the NFL and the NBA have the regular season and then they move into a playoffs and then a championship. You have the same thing happening in Overwatch and League of Legends and a bunch of these different esports titles that are uh, kind of drawing the line a bit between, you know, the separation of uh, kind of the traditional sports leagues and, and what an esport league is because that how, how matches are being scheduled, how franchising works. So you have teams actually, you know, representing uh, different cities and and having you know an ownership group and and starting up player associations and that used to not be the case you know a few years ago these teams didn't didn't had no idea if they would even you know uh, still be a part of that the the league for the following year they might get kicked out or they might you know not qualify but recently esports has added in a franchising system a lot of the different esports titles have added in franchising which basically secures a lot more uh, kind of long-term growth and long-term yeah. opportunities in esports, which which kind of draws that connection with what we see in traditional sports. Yeah, I love it. Now, is there like, the, and I want to ask a couple more questions about just esports in general, and then we'll talk about esports one, your sure. company. Is there like a draft, or is there a farm system, or an NBA D league? Like, how does it work? How do you kind of climb up the ranks to be on one of these teams? Sure. So there is. There's actually. Uh, uh, you know, there are kind of combines that occur at the beginning of every season. Um, that's sort of a, a new uh, addition that's just kind of ramped up recently, but they do it at the start of the season. And that's where the teams come and they scout up and come to players. And it's a bit different than what you see with the NFL combine, where you have people running <laughs> yeah. 40 yard dashes and you have people, you know, seeing how high they can jump and how, you know, their accuracy throwing the ball. And this sort of combine is a bit more uh, nerdy, but uh, in a good way. Your your goal there is you're putting these players under you know stressful environments where it's much different to you know you could be one of the best say League of Legends players in the world and and be ranked number one and you know can beat anyone online when you're sitting at home, but when you're put in front of a live audience when you're having to play with four other teammates in a competitive, you know, scenario, you might be, you might completely be a different player yeah. and might, you know, might completely drop off the rankings and, and not even, you know, be the same person anymore. So the goal of these combines that they're starting to implement and uh, as part of prior to the pre or the preseason is to, you know, kind of put the players through the, kind of that regimen of seeing if they're able to take that next step professionally because these players are being paid millions of dollars to compete and they're being watched by millions of fans so if you're going to contract the, these individuals to multi-year multi-million dollar contracts you you know you want to scout them there's kind of an established you know player base uh, professional player base that's kind of distance themselves from the others that have been around for a bit but there's always up-and-comers that are kind of you know you know, kind of coming up with new and innovative ways to kind of distant, kind of make their mark, and uh, just in the same way that you see in you know traditional sports with rookies and, and up and comers. So that's kind of where, and there's also collegiate and collegiate is starting to get get going, but 
a lot of these individuals come from, you know, essentially they played the game growing up and they've just kind of distanced and separated themselves from the rest and then teams have started to take note. There, there was a fantastic New Yorker article about a month or two ago, which I read yep. and loved, and that's kind of what spurred me to want to do the podcast because it's, it's just like this fascinating, but you're exactly right. These guys are making millions of dollars. They go, the, the, in the New York article, one of the big players was in Las Vegas and everyone mm-hmm. knew who this guy was. And it's like Kevin Durant or Steph Curry, you know, in popular culture. It was, it was really neat. Oh, yeah. I mean, these kids are, uh, you should see sort of the, the lines that happen in, here in Santa Monica um, during, so every, every uh, weekend they put on the LCS and that's the league championship series. And it's put on by Riot Games that they're, they built a, you know, kind of a stadium that they put on these events. And after uh, the matches take place, the teams, you know, come outside and then they, they typically do player signings and photos where they're, you know, doing signings for the fans. And the lines that you see that these players are, are you know, that the fans are lining up just to, you know, talk to or get an autograph from, I don't think we would ever see that in traditional sports. Like, I don't think, I mean, it, it's, it's, mind-blowing i mean it's thousands of people that are are waiting just for like two seconds just to interact with these professional people that and i think that's a big differentiator in esports is that the disconnect between you know a professional player and me as a fan is much different like i can i will never i can never envision myself being a a you know a point guard for the la lakers or a quarterback for the new england patriots but me as a, a gamer, I might, you know, I can see myself uh, that this individual that is making millions of dollars and is one of the best players in the world, you know, he's not much different than me. He's just better. He's just practiced harder. He just has more dedication or he might just, you know, have a bit of genetic ability, but there's a much different, like I see my, you know, you can see yourself yeah. as that person compared to, you know, the uh, traditional sports. Totally. Were you like that? Like, did you do something no, before you started esports? I, I was the one that didn't, did not have any genetic ability when it came to <laughs> esports. Um, one thing being having an esports, you know, company is I, you know, I tried to at least play the game. I wouldn't be in, in esports or in gaming if, it, you know, if I didn't enjoy the space and didn't want to. I've been in the space for almost a decade, so I try to continue to play, you know, play games as much as I can, as much as I have time while running a company. And but, I mean, using that as kind of an excuse for how bad I am right now. But I, I would say, like, at when I had much more time to practice and play, like I was still probably, you know, I, I was still terrible. So uh, gameplay, I never, I knew I would never be like a good player. I see how good these individuals are at the highest level. And it does, it is, you know, there is a separation between, you know, an average person playing a game and then a professional player and just how, how much better, how, you know, how their mind thinks, the the intelligence that they have to have, the, you know, the amount of stamina and amount of, uh, you know, kind of just thinking, critical thinking. And there's a lot that goes into it that makes these players as good as they are. And it's, you know, while as a fan, you can see yourself kind of put yourself in that shoes there's still the separation is just as, as much a thing as it is in traditional sports. Yeah, that's uh, a great synopsis. So eSports 1, I mean, you, it seems like you're bringing like intelligence, data to the eSports. Yeah. Like it helps me as a consumer enjoy it more. Is Absolutely. that kind of the vision? 
Yeah, essentially. So, you know, like I was mentioning, I've, I've been in esports and in this industry. I left a, a job as an engineer right out of college. I was an engineer for a couple of years and then ended up, long story short, starting an esports website on the side uh, in my off time. And then it got to a point where I was spending 40, time, 40 hours at my day job and another 60 building out this website that was continually getting bigger and bigger. And at its peak, we had tens of millions of monthly users. And so... I ended up leaving my engineering job and was like, you know, esports is where I'm supposed to be. And, uh, and so I've been in space for, you know, probably eight, nine years at this point. And I've kind of, over the years, I've worked at a broadcasting company similar to Twitch. We were a competitor of Twitch called Zubu. I've worked at a gambling company. I've worked with Twitch. I've, you know, I've built a number of different, you know, properties and, and seen sort of both the, the firsthand scene, you know, what professional teams and, and professional broadcasters their whole experience. I've, I've ran events, I've ran tournaments, I've worked with you know charity organizations to put on these big broadcasts. And, and so I know that side of the business very well. And then I also know kind of that from a consumer and viewer's perspective, what I'm looking for as an individual when it comes to these broadcasts. And so our goal with eSports One is to, is to systematically, you know, look at eSports in such a way that our goal is to is to enhance the viewing experience and and do that both from a broadcaster perspective but also from a, a viewing perspective and if, and if that means doing so through live stats if that means doing so through educational you know explanations that tell someone what's just happened during a big event i mean it's hard for people to understand what what the hell is going on during some of these you know <laughs> is it so games. fast it's so fast i mean it's not you can't just pick up and start watching a League of Legends game and have any clue what what's uh, taking place. And so, but there's a way for us as a as a company to, you know, capture these events in real time and then layer in both historical statistics that relate to what's occurring, but also educate the viewer uh, through overlays through. Uh, you know, through kind of components that are attached to the broadcast or surround the broadcast that they can, you know, better kind of facilitate kind of their understanding and, and uh, of what's, you know, happening. Because as a, as a commentator, if I'm commentating a broadcast, I can't, I can't kind of build my comment and kind of my, uh, you know, kind of whole storyline uh, to one sort of user persona, whether it's a first time viewer or a long time fan. So we're looking to kind of address those limitations, and we're doing that through a number of different tools built off of statistics and data, but, but also by using machine learning, by using motion tracking, we have a really neat computer vision platform that can recognize 100,000 you know, 100, different data points throughout the course of a game and do, do so in less than a millisecond time. And, and we're you know, capturing these these metrics off of the screen and then we're layering in our own information on top of it. So it's kind of it's incredible. It's taking that next step for the esports industry overall when it comes to fan and, and viewer engagement. Yeah. Well, I'm sure like the industry loves you because you're kind of helping to onboard the casual fans. So like someone like me who's watching it can actually like understand what I'm looking at, consume it, learn and get in the flow of things. And then probably do you have like different feeds or how do you, how do you kind of segment the audience and like experts, beginners? Like, how does that work? Right now, or what our vision for that sort of uh, kind of incorporating that is to put it in the hands of the viewer and the broadcaster, and allowing them to essentially dictate what you know 
what is important to them. One thing that we've seen is that, you know, there's, there are obviously hardcore fans for certain teams. And maybe, you know, if you're watching a broadcast for, uh, and it's, it includes two different teams that you have no interest in, maybe you're more interested in just comparing how your favorite team stacks up to those two teams. And so you want, you know, comparative data uh, that compares you know, the gameplay that you're watching to that of your favorite teams uh, or your favorite players or, or say, you know, you come on to eSports One or you come on to a Twitch broadcaster and they're using, you know, one of our tools and as a broadcaster or as a viewer, you're, you have no idea what's happening. And so, you know, you make the, the selection through eSports One that, hey, this is my first time watching, you know, League of Legends. I need, you know, I need an educational blueprint is what we're calling them and, and that will uh, essentially as different as you know the the broadcaster picks a champion which is one of the characters that they can play during a game it tells you more about what that champion is it tells you what their play style is what they'll be doing and then once the game starts you'll have you know objective uh, explanations you'll have what the goals of the game are when a big event happens we'll tell you you know, we'll break down what just occurred during that, that, that big event so that it gives you as a viewer more understanding and more kind of, uh, you know, capabilities to essentially customize what information is most important to you um, as, a, as a fan. I love it. Do people use it as a tool for kind of improving their own gameplay? Like, are they watching the games going on and then they can go back and see what the experts are doing and then also layer like if, if i know the expert violated some of your analytics or went you right. know went a different way and then all of a sudden the percentage of them winning went down you know like that's that's a very simple way of thinking about like was that a good move or a bad move is that yeah. how people use it as well we uh, we closed our round late last year and so we're still uh, in kind of uh in pre-beta for the consumer side so there we have a small kind of user base that we're testing with right now with some of the consumer products but our focus has been for the for the past couple of months directly with with major partners and we have some stuff that's coming out in the next couple of weeks actually but working with major partners to address some of the limitations that they've kind of communicated to us when it comes to how them as a uh, as a, a broadcast um, uh, kind of company, I guess you'd say, using kind of very undescripted uh, to kind of uh, <laughs> not trying to not not get away. But so it's more from that end, it's to, it's to we're working with some of the big broadcasts to address some of their needs. But how we see, you know, we have information and stats going all the way back to 2011. We have, you know, hundreds wow. of thousands of different of data points and metrics and and so our goal is, you know, one of our big kind of goals as part of our pipeline through product, the product development is we want, as a fan, we want, you know, someone, and, and, and this is just comes from my own, you know, kind of interest, but also just talking to, you know, our, our large community that we have on Discord and, and on uh, our other properties. But, you know, I want to be able to come in and say, you know, uh, how often does, you know, uh, Faker, who is one of the best players in the world, how often does Faker win on X champion when he's playing on a Tuesday afternoon after, you know, he gets, uh, you know, kills this objective and he's competing against this person 
and he just lost his past two games. Like, what is his what is his ranking there? Yeah. And those sort of analytical insights that open up a whole new level of, you know, not only storytelling, but a whole another level of insight that, you know, just hasn't really been possible uh, uh, until, you know, recently. And, and so we want to put, you know, we want the consumers and the community to kind of dictate how they want to use this information and we're just going to be building out the tool sets to allow them to do so that makes so much sense and then you can also see how they use it and right. go that direction and enhance those services and Absolutely. that's exactly how you do it that's really smart yeah i love it i'm fascinated by the do do the pro players use your analytics or are they almost like the film room you know like an nfl player where tom brady would go watch film on himself right like right. are they looking at how you guys are scoring them throughout the game and and their opponents because i think one of the cool things is you could kind of see what was happening at other parts of the games and things like that through esports one is are they do it using that like after hours or after the game is uh, absolutely over? yeah one of the um is we were a part of mit uh as kind of one of our accelerators and so we got to you know work with really just fun and exciting kind of uh you know data scientists and data specialists that you know, were were formulating these whole new ways of how to understand the the statistics behind the gameplay and and additionally also we've I've met with you know a number of uh uh, uh, kind of stats, you know, gurus from uh, different, you know, walks of life within traditional sports, both European soccer, football, and as well as traditional football here, and and to understand like, you know, how they utilize the statistics that they have for their different leagues and for the teams, and how that better improves, you know, their the insight that they're providing to their clients, and so. After speaking with a lot of them, working with the data science teams that we have now, they, you know, we have, we have already, you know, not only been approached but started working with a number of pro teams to kind of oh. building out like what that baseline will be. It's um, like Moneyball for the pro pro esports teams. Yeah, basically. absolutely. Like I mean, because we're, you know, we want pro teams and we're kind of treading carefully here because we don't want to provide, you know. Advantage because I do the amount of stats that we have stored, like it could obviously be a massive advantage, and um, depending. But so we're coming up with ways that we can facilitate, you know, just kind of the core metrics and, and statistics that help, you know, individual pro players, teams better analyze their own gameplay, not only after the fact, but even more importantly, in real time. Because that's that's pretty that's almost you know impossible for these teams to do. Yeah. You know, and in between, because how it works is like you have best of threes, best of five matches that might last 45 minutes, an hour each. And so in between matches, you have, you know, five, 10, 15 minutes to prepare for the next one. And so providing them, you know, information saying, you know, that this individual was spending too much time on this side of the map. And, and when he was up on this side of the map, the rest of the team was, you know, fighting on the lower side of the map, and that, you know, they the percentage of their, you know, chance of uh, victory shifted from being a sixty percent chance of winning to a forty percent chance of winning at at this point in time during the game, like, and so that they can start seeing, you know, uh, that these are the kind of variables that you know they should adjust for. 
and kind of opening up that to the teams and then letting them essentially, you know, take that information and utilize it how they, they best see fit as well. Yeah. I love it. It's the computer vision just unlocks everything. I, there's a Absolutely. really clear analogy in the NBA where they put the cameras on the court and they can track usage rates and they can track what plays are run. And the Steph Curry, Kevin Durant pick and roll is like the best play in the NBA or whatever, whatever the LeBron alternative. Uh, it, it, it all came from like, I'm a huge traditional sports fan. I'm a big yeah. UFC fan. And so uh, I remember you know, a while back uh, when watching UFC, they would have the, these fight metrics and you could see, you know, in real time, like where punches were being thrown and, you know, the, you know, obviously like the accuracy of the different punches, you know, what it was doing to the fighters, like a lot just oh, wow. in, insight that. that I would yeah. never, I would never imagine. I was like, you know, they, they're doing this through you know, through uh, video cameras and, and tracking that, you know, RFID, you know, scanners and the different, and, you know, we're doing, eSports is done all through a computer at its core, it's all just a ones, it's ones and zeros. So, yeah. you know, <laughs> if we could easily do what they're doing, plus so much more. And that's how yeah. we see it is, let's, let's tackle, make sure we're, we're, you know, have at least the same kind of experience that traditional sports does, because that's not, a, you know, that shouldn't be an issue overall. But then it's time to really take the next step and, and just completely overhaul what the expectations are when it comes to watching these broadcasts. It's such so cool. Congrats to you for having this idea. And you, it sounds like you've been working on it for on and off for 10 Quite years. Time. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's been, a, I mean, we started the company, I started the company in late 2016. And uh, we joined our first accelerator in like early 2017. But yeah, I mean, this is, I would say this has kind of been something I've, I've kind of wanted to, and we actually did do a bit of this at one of my previous, like one of the first companies I worked for in esports, we built these little micro sites and we'd have actual individuals that would sit and watch the games and then they would just manually enter stats in real time. And that just, and then we would just show those stats on top of the screen. Um, and that in itself, and it required, I mean, it wasn't scalable by any stretch of imagination and it required, you know, extensive kind of, you know, work during game, but it was, it added another layer to the yeah. broadcast and the yeah. community loved it. So yeah, it's, it's the education, but also entertainment aspect. Like it makes, right. it's so, it makes so much sense. Like, well, maybe you can tell everyone what the, what the, ne I know you alluded to this kind of partnership you're working on, but what are the next big steps for the company? Like, what are you guys working on? Sure. Yeah. So, I mean, we did uh, this past weekend, we had our, one of our first kind of live test uh, under the radar sort of deal with uh, you know, one of our major partners. And I went off with, you know, essentially without a, a hitch, we had wow. one, one small little bug that couldn't distinguish between a, uh, a zero and a capital O. And so we fixed that. <laughs> Um, and got that taken care of, but you know, it ran, it ran perfectly. We had, uh, you know, very almost next to no issues. And, uh, and so the, our goal here is we're running, going to be running another test fairly soon. And then, uh, within the next month, that will be when we kind of start showcasing it to, you know, the public and, and it starts really being put in front of consumers uh, as a byproduct of the broadcast uh, working with these different partners um, but you know our goal is to to really nail the legal and we're esports one is built off uh, is built around League of Legends right now which is you know one of the 
the largest esports titles, uh, and that's kind of where our foundational, you know, application is uh, is you know the strongest. But our goal within the next three months is to have it expanded into at least one additional title, and then by you know in the end of this year have you know another two or uh, you know around three to four different titles uh, essentially covered where we not only have the same amount of stats that we have with League, but also have the same technological capabilities that we've built around League. Um, And so that's kind of our our trajectory, uh, is just an expansion into other games and start, you know, we're right now, I would consider us more so on the B2B side. We're working with larger partners and larger businesses to, you know, really ingrain Esports One into the overall uh, viewing experience, but within the next couple of months, you know, we want to be able to start opening it up to the broader audience and yeah. to individuals so that they can start, you know, seeing the power behind what we've, what we've been building for so long. Yeah. And that intersects so well with what you're saying about how we as gamers can relate to the pros in a way right. that maybe I can't with Steph Curry or Kevin Durant. You know? <laughs> yeah. So Absolutely. that's, that's really cool. I love it. I feel like we're having like we're, I feel like I'm talking to like one of the foundational members of the NFL 50 years ago. Or, <laughs> like you, what you're doing is so cool, and it's as I'm a little older, you know, I'm like 41, so like this is this whole world is so fascinating to me because I I played tons of games growing up, and Absolutely. I remember going and getting Zelda passbooks and things like that at the <laughs> the store, and like. So what you've done is really cool and layering on the computer vision to make all this op- enabled is, is really amazing. Yeah. yeah, it's exciting times for esports. Like when I, when I made the jump from, you know, engineering and uh, to esports, I mean, it was still in the very early days yeah. of the space and there was just, there was a lot of unknown uh, and, uh, but it, you could still, you, you knew there was something there. And so yeah. we were, you know, the industry is, is, the past year has been probably the most exciting times for esports. It's gotten the biggest, you know, uh, acceleration in terms of viewership. There's more people that now know when you, you know, when you say the word esports, they know what it means and they don't, you know, look at you in, in confusion and, and they don't consider or stereotype it as people sitting in their basement playing video games. Yeah, they they yeah. taken that next step in, in terms of acceptance. and that's a big deal for the space and that's something we're all very excited about. And I think that just, you know, we're, esports is no longer a, a goal for the industry. We're in the, you know, that's happening right now. Like we're, we are, we're accepted as one, you know, one of the largest and fastest growing industries in, you know, in the world right now. And it's only, you know, we're just at the first, within the first inning of it. There's so much more to go and it's going to be yeah. an exciting path forward. And it's a completely global audience, which Absolutely. makes it so amazing, which is, yep. I'm, I'm so excited for you. Well, this has been an amazing podcast. Maybe you can tell everyone where they can find eSports One and how to get a hold of you absolutely. and how to work with you. Yeah, absolutely. So if you go to just eSports.one, uh, you can sign up for our beta. We're going to be putting out another newsletter fairly soon, kind of just basically uh, with more information on kind of where things are headed with the organization and company where we have planned some of the releases, some things. So if you're interested in kind of keeping up with the, the company, I definitely, you know, highly uh, recommend uh, subscribing to, to our, our uh, beta. So esports.one, you can find us on all the social media platforms. We, we started doing one of our employees got these little 
for some reason, you got these little snap, uh, Snapchat glasses that record uh, video from your glasses. Uh, even though Snapchat is barely being used by anyone, he got these little glasses. <laughs> and so he just walks around and he's just recording people constantly in the office and just recording things. And then he can post it to Instagram. So he's not forcing him to post it to Snapchat. And uh, so he's posting a bunch of, you know, kind of just weird kind of uh, videos of us working in, in, in the office. So I definitely uh, recommend checking us out on Instagram, some stuff we're doing there. But yeah, Esports One, we're all over social media. And, and then you can, uh, you can connect with me at Matt at Esports.One as well. Awesome. I love it. I'm so excited for you. And you're... Like your true passion for the space is so evident. It's really awesome. So, I appreciate that. Uh, well, Matt, thanks for coming on podcast. Everyone can check you out at Esports One. Uh, get on the mailing list. And uh, we'll look like two weeks or three weeks from now for some big announcements from you. Awesome. Thank you, Scott. I appreciate it. All right, buddy. It. Take care. Thank you.